Welcome back to Coffee Sometimes. Woo! We're ready for episode, I think this might be 59. Dude. How about that? That's awesome. Can you name an NFL player who is number 59? Go. No. Uh, no, I can't. All right, moving on. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about dialing in espresso. <sighs> and hey, spoiler alert, you guys are going to like this one because we might get into a little a little argument on this one. We have some differing opinions. We do. Uh, I mean, we were at each other's throats before we pressed record we on, this, on this topic. <laughs> really so. And we always are. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about how to dial in, um, and then we're going to talk about Chapter 10 of Unreasonable Hospitality before we talk about dialing in. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to brew up some coffee. And Ross, what do you have for us today? <laughs> I just burnt myself. <laughs> Ouch. Um, Well, my sweet, sweet wife got me a Father's Day gift from Meadowlark Coffee, which is my second favorite. Well, we didn't rank them from last week. Yeah. Uh, if you well, it seems like you're ranking it now. And uh, JP just posted uh, a thank you to oh really to you for shouting him out. Well, frick. And then you said he was your second favorite. Well, I didn't. Are we number one? What if I said I didn't mean it? I was joking. I, I was kidding. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, so Metal Arc is an awesome multi roaster. They always have the coolest roasters, especially when they buy Valor. Um, but <laughs> Little Wolf, which uh, we had an absolutely wonderful time talking to Melissa from Little Wolf. Did they change the back of their bag? I'm not sure. What do you think? Melissa, did you change the back of your bag? Comment below, Melissa. I know you're listening. Yeah, link up um, top for the. Uh, podcast for Little Wolf. Yeah, they are... Stop what you're doing. Listen to that one first, then come back to this one. Yep, very relevant to what we're talking about And today. we're back. And we're back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got like this dog is like reading a how-to book. You don't know what it's about, but does does it really matter? My first thought was how to roast coffee, but... Yeah. It could have been like how to be a better dog. It could. What if so. it was like the coffee roaster's companion guide and the dog was reading that? that There's lots funny. of options here, boys. And lots then they of get options. sued. By Ray Al. <laughs> so, anyways, he's, he's throwing out lawsuits left and right. Let's we went to we went to Little Wolf on our last owners retreat. It's been too long ago when we went to Portland, Maine. But <laughs> Little Wolf is in Cambridge. Cambridge. No, Ipswich. 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 What con- What country? Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, America. <laughs> U.S. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, it was a wonderful experience. We got to chat with uh, Melissa and. What was his name? Drop it. Just move on. Chris. 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 I'm never the one to remember names. It's the Georgia you. guy. The Georgia man. Oh, yeah. What what roast are they roasting on? Do you remember? Probat. Probat. Oh, Probat. Okay, awesome. Actually, there's a picture of a Probat on here with a dog in front of it. But so anyways. He was this, learning how to roast. This <laughs> is a coffee from Ethiopia. It's a Damo, and it's a honey. Uh, and so, I don't know if I've ever had a honey process ethiopian you have no i haven't stop dude get ready well yeah we're gonna brew this up right now uh big thanks to my wife rachel for this gift oh um oh that's the second shout out is she listening uh she no probably not rachel if you're listening let me be the first to tell both you guys happy father's day so hey that's text you sent Oh. Yesterday was really sweet and i'm sorry i didn't respond but i wanted to wait until i got on this forum to say uh I love you, and I look up to you, and... I've always been a father figure to you. I know Kobe and Joseph and Matthew are your best friends, but uh, I'm glad we were close, too. You're um, on your way, man. You're on your honorable mention. 
It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like AJ Terrell in uh, CBS's top 100 NFL players. Honorable mention. He didn't make a hundred. No, insane. only Grady Jarrett insane. and Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons did. Ah. Sorry for all the NFL talk, guys. That's in my separate podcast. Uh, NFL talk linked NFL. below. NFL sometimes. We're brewing on the fellow stag XF Pro Studio. Pro Studio. It's not a studio. That's very funny. We're going to go a 30 gram dose today. What do you like about a 30 gram dose? Oh, it's bigger. Bigger is better. Butter. So, yeah, we'll see how this brew goes. I grinded on 7.5 on the EK. Dude, I did a tan lines like flipping 45 grammar dose but i grounded on five yeah. so 50 percent finer than that and it brewed in like five minutes and it was awesome noted did, I, you, did you use this brewer yeah let me just say something about that brewer kind of seems like you can do whatever dose you want on it because the drawdown time is so quick yeah which is cool but it's also great yeah, well, I'm just going to agree with what you said. You can go as small as you want, too, because it's so narrow. Yeah. So the bed depth stacks up real mm-hmm. nice. Oh, what yeah. was interesting, though, while I was brewing it is I noticed how much water was on the other side of the filter in the brew chamber. And I'm like, what's that doing? Like, what are there you you're, doing? You're in the immersion land there, mm. buddy. But the the grounds are on the other side. That's, I mean, that's the wall not, of hostility. They're not, they're not though. The wall of hostility was torn down. Oh, <laughs> this is new, this is a new covenant brew. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I like that brewer. Me too. <laughs> um, man, we're talking about Father's Day. Oh, well, did you do anything special for Father's Day? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Round round one for both of us. Yeah, round like eighteen for Ross. Ross, yeah. you're so cool. Um, yeah, just hung out, had a slow morning, worship, prayer walk, breakfast, hung out with my family, went to Dawsonville, played some Can Jam. Can Jam. I love Frisbee. Dude, and Can, we know. can we Jam know. is fun, too. Uh, ate some bison, had a bison burger. Whoa. Nice. And it was awesome. Ted's? <laughs> yeah, I went to Ted's. And my wife bought me some sweets because I have a sweet tooth. So she bought me some blueberry pie and baklava. Whoa. And some hot sauce. Did you eat it all at the same time? Mix it all no, together? No, I ate it last night. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. What'd you do for Father's Day? Uh, you okay, oh, Ross? I went to a Braves game on Friday night. Rockies? Yeah. How'd they fare? We destroyed them. Really? It was Let's awesome. Go. And my favorite Braves player is Travis Darno. The catcher? Yeah. I mean, the backup catcher now. I just, <clears throat> I don't know. There's something about him. Maybe it's that uh, he looks just like Michaela's cousin. Yeah. Uh, Craig. But, um, <laughs> shout out, Craig. Hit me up in the comments below, bro. I know you're listening. But yeah, I, man, I just, he is. So even just the way he was interacting with the fans before the game, like he was just like all about like, like you anyone wanna, that would point at him, he'd be like, "You want to be just like him?" Wait, yeah, he just seems like a great guy. He's the backup catcher, but he he was catching that night because oh. catcher is one of the positions on the field that needs the most rest. Yeah, Ethan. What? And they're sitting. They're literally guys. just sitting there. 
And uh, but our new catcher that we got, Sean Murphy, is oh. he's the be- like the best defensive catcher. And that used to be Darno's like biggest weakness is he just wasn't that good at being a defensive catcher. But it seems like he's learning a lot from Sean Murphy. So someone tried to steal on Darno and he like sniped him out. Sniped him. And like 360 no scope. Yeah. And so like he had that moment, which was sick, and then he hit two home runs. He two, hit two home, home runs. runs. Yeah. That's outrageous. That's two yeah. points. They won like I think they won eight to one or something like that. Were they both solos? Yeah. Uh no, no, no. I think the first one was a was a two run homer. But he so he did great. Braves did great. Braves are on a tear. It's pretty pretty cool. Do they have a better record than the Rays yet? No. But it, the gap is closing. The Rays have been losing some games. So there you go. Suck it, Tampa. Yeah. So that's been kind of cool. Uh, yeah. The Rays have fifty-one wins. The Braves have forty-six. We're coming, baby. We're coming. Aren't the Aren't the Diamondbacks good this year? Yeah. You'd yep. love to see that. It's weird. Those smaller, a random team like Diamondbacks. You yeah. mainly just love to see the Dodgers in third, and oh, their in their division. It's just those teams. And the like, Mets in fourth. Like Dodgers years. and Mets, Yankees, they have so much money. Yeah. No, you wouldn't, dude. You're honorable. Ross, how about you? Uh, well, I played a gig the night before, got home late, woke up. My three-year-old was just so stoked that it was Father's Day. <gasps> it was so cute. She brought all these gifts, so many gifts, dude. Not really, but she brought some gifts into... You know, the bed, the family bed. Aww. We don't co-sleep. Blah, whatever. You didn't ask. Let's explore that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Seems like the, our demographic would be really interested in like the whole. Maybe some of them. Anyways, uh, it was great. You know, uh, we went fishing for like five minutes. You're a redneck, dude. Uh, Certified country boy. I, I just wanted to lay low. So, you know, my only day off. So it's like fish. I don't want to do much. But yeah, just my, my wife Rachel. Just want to give her a shout out for the first time, you know, on this program so far. <laughs> the first third time, just uh, yeah, she was just you know pampering me all day. It was awesome. You just sat back. That's not, awesome. Not you really. Know, but Drake, yeah. Drake is the certified lover boy, and Ross is the certified country boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, can I do some self promotion here? Yes. As long as I get to say something next. Yeah, you can self-promote after me. We could uh, all self-promote something. I released my Moonraker video. Oh, links below? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll link it. I'll link it up on a little card up top. Make it's, sure you make your note. It's about, it's just under nine minutes long if you want to dive in on my opinion of the Moonraker. I also released a video on the fellow Ode and the fellow Stag. You did? Yeah. Dude, why don't you ever tell me I'm sorry. anything? You should go watch Humble it. Beast. And, and subscribe while you're there. Uh, but it's you know it's it, it was about what I expected. I would say you know I didn't tell anyone, I didn't post anything about it on social media. I just wanted to see how the algorithm would work, and oh. it's got like a hundred views. Here's what you could do next time. But someone did comment and said said was it Colson? This is no, I don't know them. <laughs> was it my uh, mom? They said this is extremely helpful, and I feel like I don't need another review of this. And it's it's perfect for the sickos out there who are thinking about spending the money on this. That's what they said, yeah, and I was so like, funny. "That is hilarious." You should call them like if you have fans that you should be sickos. Yeah, the sickos. Uh, but I, sicko. the crux of my review was, it's awesome, but the needles are going to get bit, and it's going to. And they already bad. have. And I go into Alpharetta this morning, and 
uh, Sam Harless is like, dude, check this out. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I got it. And I was able to straighten him back out, fortunately. Um, Until they will just break. Yeah. And then we'll just have to. But anyways, still waiting on Weber to uh, to drop a little, little more, uh, you know, clarity on if they're going to sell these needles at all or where I can buy them. But yeah, here's what you could do next time. So open up your phone, iMessage, compose Ross. Hey, Ross, we're friends. Here's something in my life that I'm excited about. I released this video. I thought you'd want to know about it. Send. Uh, okay. And then I'll watch it, and then I'll be like, dude, that was awesome. Thanks for sharing. Even if it's not? I, well, it'll always be awesome. I'll definitely give you feedback <laughs> if you want it. Uh I, so I released three review videos, like product review videos. I want to I want to release more videos on like topical, informative stuff. Yeah. But I also want to release this video about Cometeer because there's just not really a lot of videos out there about Cometeer and how awesome it is. From a professional standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but then I also want to talk about even just like super... I think we've gotten so far in the direction of like crazy extraction stuff and that's cool and all, but there's not a lot of videos that are just like super plain, simple, stupid, like blends versus single origins. Yeah. So that's kind of some of the stuff I'm going to cover up front and just like taking it from the stance of um, like, yes, I'm a coffee professional, but also I'm very practical. So I'm not going to be like single origins are better because like showcase the coffee's terroir. Yeah. I'm going to be like, this is why a blend is good and can be amazing. Yeah. Dude, I think you're going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people. Thank you, Ross. Yeah. It's it's true. So and you're a good dad. <laughs> Just as long as you send me your videos. Okay. Uh, you can you can watch all of them uh, after we get done here. Okay. Can I say a couple things now? Yeah. And then we'll get Self-promotion? to Self-promotion? Yeah. First off, for anyone watching the video, I just want to apologize for the last 30 seconds. I severely burnt my mouth while Riley was talking, and I made a lot of silly faces. If you want to check out the YouTube uh, content of this show, make sure to watch on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. That's um, amazing. Second thing, my dad on Father's Day told me, as like a fact of a matter thing, he was like, well, you know, you're the quietest of the four kids. And I said... What? <laughs> Would you do you guys think I'm quiet? No. I think in family gatherings you're very quiet. I know. Because he's not he's, wrong. Yeah. So that's so that's his context. I know. You just let other people talk. I know. I think here's just here's an anecdote. I feel I feel like your wife in this way. Oh. It's like you do things that I think are funny, but I just like don't give you the privilege of laughing sometimes ever. if it's like if Michaela is around uh then like Michaela's like dying laughing at you and she's like are you hearing this and I'm just like I hear this every day so it doesn't I it I agree with that and it doesn't make it any less funny yeah it's almost like it even more makes it funny like deep and like a brotherhood that, yeah. yeah we think we think that you think it's funnier that we <laughs> Aren't laughing. Aren't laughing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, I'm a huge fan. We're talking about funny, but I guess I'm just talking about, like, pie ratio of who's talking. Yeah. You talk about it Did you the brew time, this bro. at, like, 235? Uh, <laughs> this wait, is, like, hot. First of all, no. Okay. Uh, 
that's above boiling. And you, of all people, should know that. Um, but I think it's because I brewed it into that and it was insulated really well. Hey, hey props. We, props we, to fellow. Well, my third point, and sorry, that was a stupid second point. Uh, happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Um, what's up with, like, why can't we just figure out how a spout works? Yeah. Like, like why does that have to be curved? Why can't it just be, like, extremely pointy or like something? Like, if you look over there, there's just a ring of coffee yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like, we, we're we not that dumb. It's like we got uh, we got Apple releasing virtual reality. Like, can like, we just get the spout like right? Apple just release a spout. It's like <laughs> we we in the West just, like, don't know how to make a spout. I know. You know, it's like I know. the West. I know. Yeah, I know. True. And then on top of that, nah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's move on. Oh, that, I was going to say that's why I hate diner mugs. Hot take. Because they're so. I hate diner mugs. They're just mugs so rounded. Well. They also they, just feel weird on your mouth. They get everywhere. It's, it feels like you're doing this. So if you think that Valor's going to come out with a diner mug, well, we might because it'd sell. But I'm not going to be happy about it. You're going to be happy about the money. Yeah, just listen to our uh, podcast about merch and to see uh, how we release merch that we sometimes don't like. This week we read Chapter 10 of Unreasonable Hospitality. and Man, the, are we even halfway through this book yet? I don't know, man. I, I do like going through it nice and slow like this and talking about it. No. Listeners, do you like going through this nice and slow? Comment below. Creating a culture of collaboration. Nice alliteration, nice buzzwords. You got it all. Creating a culture of collaboration. I would have appreciated curating, mm. you know, but he went creating, uh, which is fine. That's fine. But it's not my book. Cultivating. Um, oh. There's a lot of C's you could have gone with. But um, anyways. Catalyzing. <laughs> Catalyzing, curating. No, whatever. Okay. Um, a cosmic culture. Ethan. When Ross. you were reading this chapter, what stuck out to you as something that was revelatory, that changed your perspective, and how could you apply that <laughs> to your job? Hey, finally a chapter about coffee, huh? Thank goodness. I was about to throw this thing out the window. Like, why are we even read it, reading it? We're a coffee company. Like, where's the coffee? Yeah. Um, it also is funny because what is when they're talking about coffee, it's set in like late 90s early 2000s 2006 oh ethan sorry that's prime drake and josh era anyways um yeah so anyways sir the beginning i always think it's funny when books reference other books and i'm like dude you're a book <laughs> just like make your own content it's pretty meta. yeah it's kind of it's inception bookception but he talks about the infinite game, which I'm sure Ross has read because it's Simon Sinek. I have not read it. I know. Can that you just go with it? I'm not gonna lie. Just say yes. It just say nobody knows. We'll edit that part out. Ross, yeah. have you read uh, the the what's it called? The infinite game. Infinite game. No, and I never will. Especially now. <laughs> oh, you've read the infinite jest. Um, talks about choosing a worthy rival, another company that does one or more things better than you whose strengths reveal your weaknesses and set you on a path of constant improvement. You can't help but be like, do I do that? Do we do that? And I'm like, kind of. Mm. Can we name names? Because there's a name that comes to mind every time we talk about stuff. Go for Ew. it. Onyx. Yeah. Where I was yeah. like, what's Onyx doing? Mm -hmm. What did Onyx do this week? 
What did Onyx have for breakfast? And then we spend all <laughs> seven and a half hours left in our workday scrolling on their Instagram. And we're like, so good. We've seen so the same good. pictures <laughs> but, a I thousand mean, times. No, I Just mean, I, I, I was like, man, there's actually, I, that's, there's a fine line between getting lost in that, yeah. which I think most people do, no offense, and we do as well, no offense to us. And then there, yeah, no problem. And then there's healthy like comparison of like, okay, these people are making it possible to do something that we didn't think that we could do. Yeah, like maybe when we decided to put our coffee in boxes, probably when we were first starting, it was like well, that's not possible. It's too expensive. Yeah, and it's like how do you do that? And they did it, mm-hmm. and it kind of it's like okay, if they can do it, what means did they have to go to to get it, and how could we? follow a path if we deem it worthy. Mm. Yeah. I feel like we were so anti the idea of competition right. early on. And I think probably to our chagrin. Unto our chagrin. Because we were so completely caught up in just figuring out who we are. Why would we compare ourselves to somebody else? And there's good in that too. But competition, it's healthy. Mm. You know, it's good. It it helps me, propels me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Frisbee... I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Riley. I used to kind of stray away from that, but I find myself scrolling, uh, you know, the East Poles and whoever else, Instagram, like, I mean, I, I scroll East Pole, Brash, like all the Atlanta yeah. coffee shops. I, I like Bellwood. scroll their Instagram and Bellwood, yeah, Portrait. and get on and uh, check their coffee offerings, see what's going on. Yeah. And it's not once you can remove yourself from a point of like comparison, yeah, and being like, uh, you know, oh man, I just how are they getting this far? Like, mm-hmm. whenever we've been around since like this point, um, when you can remove that and you can be like, I'm doing this to drive our company forward, and they're doing the same thing to drive mm-hmm. their company forward, right? Then it's like it doesn't become emotional or like. Um, I don't know, offensive in any way. It's just like you're you're doing it to make everything better. Well, Onyx is a good example because they're they're ahead of us in uh, a way that we like. We want to be in the same position that they're in, more or less. Where they have like from where I I could be wrong about this, but it seems like they have like four or five regional cafes that are like all in the same area, Mm -hmm. pretty much in Arkansas, Um, and they have a big global brand with e-commerce and wholesale which is there's some things that we're trying to do differently than that and add to that or take away from that but that's that's probably why we're particularly drawn to them well yeah if you well to what riley was saying i think they have 23 coffee offerings right now yeah i mean i don't know if we're ever trying to do that but But i want to do something closer to that and i mean it's just like 22 I want to be able to charge the price they charge for their coffee too. Yeah. I want to have the origin relationships, but what Riley was talking about, I think we were now maybe able to conquer some of that imposter syndrome stuff so that we can like uh maturely and healthily learn from our competition, yeah. our our fellow folks out there. Mm-hmm. But probably earlier on it was just we we're just too weak, honestly, to like see what other people are doing and not like get all mushy feely about it. Yeah. And like be bummed out. But in in the 
book, you know, they are comparing themselves to a um, a Thomas Keller restaurant. Right. And he's like top of the top, creme de la creme. And shout out to a restaurant being called, being called Per Se because that's a really good name it for a really restaurant. Yeah. It is. I, I noticed that. But so they go and they have their minds blown at the restaurant and it ends with like just okay coffee. Yep. And you're like, whoa. Mm. And I don't know about you guys. Have you ever had good coffee at a restaurant? Uh, only if it was Valor. And you knew it was? Yeah. Uh, I just don't get coffee at restaurants. I'm not in the habit. I mean, I wouldn't even call like, uh, yeah. And I don't get coffee at a restaurant unless I know that it has Valor. And then I wouldn't really classify like TBB as a restaurant in the same way. Because it's yeah. also just like they have a to-go coffee program as well. I got a cup of free throw after a wonderful meal at Lapeer Steak and Seafood, and it was great. Nice. It was awesome. They they grind their coffee and got a nice brewer and everything. I think mm. I had a Big Trouble, uh, which is a counterculture blend, Americano at King and Duke in Buckhead one time. Was it good? It tasted exactly like what you think it tasted <laughs> like. So amazing? Probably four out of ten, you know? Not disappointed. Like I'm I got it with my dessert. But yeah. With your dessert, tiramisu. Tiramisu. I don't know, man. I I just remember the coffee because that's all I care about. Anyways. <clears throat> wow. What did you guys think about? What are some standout parts of this chapter? Well, a lot of the conversation circled around giving people uh responsibility and doing it before they're ready. And I think that is very interesting because there's a quote where Will says he completely transformed once given an ownership role as if he hadn't wanted to commit to greatness until he was in charge. So he's talking about this fella, Leo. And Leo was very... I don't want to say negative, but he was—he he said he was very quick to point out the critical, yeah, critical of Thank you. ideas. But once he was given uh, a role as you know, like a an ownership role, these like that uh, EMP created just like specific things to give, even like the food runners to give them more ownership of the space. Um, he completely flips the script. And then later they say, we didn't assign these ownership programs. Participation was strictly on a volunteer basis. And while many who stepped up happened to be knowledgeable about the area they'd chosen, they didn't need to start out an expert. All we asked was that they be interested and curious and have the first inklings of a passion. Often the perfect moment to give, the perfect moment to give someone more responsibility is before they're ready. Whoa. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys can agree with that because you put so much thought into hiring, you put so much thought into promoting within, and that being a key principle and uh, pinnacle of mm-hmm. your business. How do you know that those situations are going to work out of giving someone something extra to do? Or, I mean, even saying often the perfect moment to give someone more responsibilities before they're ready, you know, prom- promoting someone to a management role beyond this. Because you put so much of your time, especially as a small business and a small team, uh, where like when you promote someone in the cafe, when you promote someone in the cafe, it 
not only like when we first did it, we had to create all these systems for uh, to hand off and like really record all the work we do. But regardless, even now, you have to spend so much time with that person to get them to that place. So you're taking a chance if you mm-hmm. know like they're not ready to where it, it could fail. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. I think of it in three categories. Passion, skill, and they got that dog in them. Come on. Passion, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, they're talking about how they had a really bad beer program and there was this 22-year-old kid that really loved craft beer and so that was passion skill he didn't really have the skill yet but another word you could use for skill is like your wiring your makeup your personality that kind of thing like if you're an organized person or if you're more of a a visionary dreamer or if you're more like you know super anal about a bunch of little details or if you're just got your head in the clouds that's what i mean by skill and then they got that dog in them is just their ability to put their head down. And I think having that dog in you has a lot to do with not having a victim mentality where, because if someone has a victim mentality, like they're not going to do work that mm. they don't want to do uh, because they are a victim. So, mm. Being having that dog in you is like they're more they're more focused on duty and responsibility and ownership than they are like what they feel like. And so those three things to me are why someone would get promoted. And you might be taking a risk in any one of those or multiple of those categories. You know, like someone could be really passionate about craft beer. But you have no idea if they have like a propensity to lead one day and they might need to. So like, but I think it's at least helpful to, to get ahead of those things that need development. Um, and it's, it's so hard to know all of that. And he talks about that too, of, uh, quote, it might not work is the worst reason to not do something. Mm. Um, where just taking a chance and he, he also says like there were times where like giving someone ownership did blow up in our face or like, you know, uh, he talked about somebody who took over the linen closet and then or, the organization of it. And it turns out that that person needs to be very detail oriented and not a visionary dreamer. Um, so knowing all of those things about your people, I think it can be such a hard thing to do in it. A lot of times, it just takes time of observing someone and like being and asking them questions about all those things too. Um, so that, that, that was my takeaway as well is promoting from within collaboration. Um, I, I, it made me think of something that we did very early on. I think when we had like besides us, like four or five other employees, remember focus groups. Oh yeah. Come on. Focus groups were just a way to involve the whole team in having ownership and collaboration over different areas of the cafe or the company. Um, I'm trying to remember what some of the focus groups were. It kind of lasted for like three months. (laughs) But I think something like that would be useful. Yeah. Um, And we keep running into this thing with reading this book where 
uh, so much of these culture moments happen before they open and they have family meal and the team meeting. And he even says like, that's the most important moment of culture building is like the family meal and the, yeah, the lineup. Um, and I am just like, man, I believe you. That is so true. Cause every time we do an all staff or every time we do a meeting like that, it's always so unifying and powerful and, uh, you know, puts wind in your sails. I thought about having like an A team and a B team on a cafe schedule where you like you configure the schedule where the B team is always available whenever the A team is. Maybe we don't call them A team, but call them Alpha and Omega. Sure, beginning and the end. Um, but you know you have these two teams that alternate. One's available, and you get the greatest amount of people available at one time at any given time and you kind of like have meetings with those people on more of a regular basis as opposed to always having to meet after hours Mm -hmm. um or there's other ideas like we close at three o'clock every first monday you know it's like you have two hours to play with there you've got deep clean nights you've got all staff or or just like cafe specific all staffs and it's just like a, a regular rhythm, you know, take our slowest time block of the week, whatever. Or coverage. I don't know. Never mind. It's just made me think about all that stuff. And I just wonder how much farther our cafes would be if we had a regular, either like bi-weekly or monthly or weekly time to talk about, hey, guys, what's going well? What's not going well? What are you noticing? Here's... You know, we talked about, I'm going off right now. I'm sorry. Not, not sorry. Uh, servanthood at our all staff and emphasizing that. Yeah. It's like, what, dude, what have we done to continue that narrative? Not much. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like we said it at the all staff and like I've said it, you know, a few times in the cafe. I'm sure you have too, but like. Thank you. I'm just assuming the best of you in that moment. Um, I have, I have, I swear. No, I really think you probably did and you did. So I was right. Um, but, you know, just more touch points to continually build that structure mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just like, Oh, we'll, we'll launch another initiative at the next quarterly all staff. Yep. Um, but it made me think about all that. And I think if nothing else, reading this book will just make you think, which is the start to any progress is like, mm. you just at least start to think about it and reconsider. Mm. The last thought I have is this quote, you don't want to have 100 keys. You win when you end up with only one, the key to the front door. Once they turn over some of these responsibilities, they'd have more time to make their own contributions. So this is we've been talking about this, and this just made me think about it even more of this concept, concept, <laughs> concept of buying back your time. And uh, I think a lot of us cafe owners out there can relate with this one uh there's this just this whole philosophy of you know whatever you can outsource so that you can focus on growing your business is huge so handing off responsibilities that can be that might seem minuscule to you yourself but maybe you have a member on your team who wants to do this administrative-esque task to help out the company or to learn something new on their end where you know it might be a uh insert amount per hour uh, low-level task in your eyes. Mm. But handing that off will give someone else more work to do, plus will free you to do things that are 
you know, the $100 an hour tasks that are going to change your company. Yep. All right. How about that? Catch you guys next week for Chapter 11. You better read it. Read it. All right. So before we really get into this next segment, uh, for you guys out there who are espresso stands, why don't you go down to the comments and tell us your dial-in process before you are biased by what we're about to say. Yeah. Oh, snap. Or maybe you're just really convicted and you know your way's the best. Let us know right now and we will... uh, We'll take that into account. And maybe you'll change our minds. Uh, so all this all this talk about espresso, uh, there's some philosophies about dialing in out there. And I, I know I've read a few, I've heard a few, I've practiced a few. But they all really circle around the four variables, right? That is dose, which is how much coffee you put into the pour filter. There's yield, which is how much coffee comes out of that thing in liquid form. And you weigh it. So it's not volumetric. It's by weight. Which, how about that? Isn't that interesting? The way you you only weigh the output of espresso. You don't weigh the retention, but you weigh the retention when you're a brewing filter. Wow. That's a good point. Uh, I guess that's where the debit and the nine bars comes in, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, oh, that's a good point. I didn't even say anything about espresso and these four variables. That's another variable these days. What? Uh, pressure and uh, yeah. uh, and pre infusion. Yes, but we are we are idiots on that stuff. But I mean, hey, hey. Uh, so We're you not. got dose, you got the yield, you have the coarseness of your grind. Uh, so how coarse or fine your grind is, and time. So those are the four variables, and they all change each other. How about that? Especially uh, time, and time is really a reflection of those other things, right? Uh. So, boys, how have you guys been taught to dial in in the past? You've heard other people dial in when you're training someone. Uh, you, you know, you teach now. I just know we have a different systems and opinions of dialing in. I think, fortunately, we teach everyone the same way, which is y'all's way. But I kind of have a different opinion, and I want you guys to prove me wrong because On I don't think air? you're going to. I think a really important thing to clarify right now, Riley, is for what context are we talking? Are we talking about when you have endless time in a lab setting or in a home espresso context? Or are we talking about creating sustainable systems that are conducive to a busy cafe? I think we're talking about both ways. Whoa. Okay. So our core principle of dialing in and life is uh, congruent with the scientific method, which is only change one variable at a time. So you've got those four variables. And if you change more than one of them, then you won't know why your next shot is the way it is. Wow. So if you change the dose and let's say you were at 18 grams, which was your dose, let's say you changed to 19 grams. And then you also make it finer, then this next shot will, you know, definitely be different than the your previous shot. But you won't know why because you changed two variables. So change one variable at a time. That does take more time, but it will. It takes more time in the the now, you know, and but in the medium term, it will. You'll be chasing less rabbits. Um. So that's one thing. And then I've I've also just been taught to 
first get your brew ratio first, like dialed first, your ideal brew ratio, which if you don't know out there, typical specialty coffee brew ratio for espresso is one to two. So for every one gram of ground coffee, you have two grams of liquid output, liquid espresso yield. So a good example of that is 19 to 38 grams or 18 to 36 grams. I could multiply by two all day. Give me a number. I know what it is times two. 14. 28. That took way too long. long. He exaggerated. I don't think so. I think he's got the jitters on air. Uh, anyways, so Choke. he choked. So here, how about this? How about this? Twenty. It's, it's forty. Dang okay. it! That was fast. Yeah. So one hundred sixty-two. Uh, pass. Um, Ethan. Three thirty-two. Three thirty-four. You said two. So one sixty-two. Oh crap! I thought I said one sixty. Three twenty-four. You, you thought you. And said I still said different. the wrong thing. Oh, I'm such an idiot, guys. Oh, you're Riley. smart and you're, handsome. You're so cool. smart. You're smart. You're smart. Anyway, so get your brew ratio set because we think of espresso in two main columns. One is taste. One is tactile. Taste, that's pretty self-explanatory. Tactile is how the feeling of the espresso, a.k.a. How the, is it feeling? The body, the mouth feel, how thin or thick is the consistency. So if you get the brew ratio set first – then you're talking about how strong the coffee is, how strong the liquid expre- espresso is. All right, guys, once and for all, it's not espresso. All right, it's espresso. Well, I, I think, think about, you're really. I think about this all the day. Here. I think about this all the time. People say espresso. It's just like really pissing me off. Just kidding. I don't care. Um, one to two is a good starting place for specialty coffee. We are crazy. We're West Coast. We're West Coast, baby. West Coast usually pulls bigger shots, maybe, like in our experience. Maybe like 2014. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but we we dial in at 17.5 or 18, and it's usually like 45 grams out. So it's a bigger shot. It's not quite one to three. Not that I can multiply by three. But if I could, that wouldn't be right. Um, but so you get your brew ratio set first, and then from there, you're, t- you're talking about taste, right? Come on. So go there to be clear. Also on those ratios and best practices, we're talking about espresso grinders, not like our philosophy on like an EK 43 would be a different ratio and just like total process of dialing in. Correct. Yeah. And if you want to know our philosophy there, you're going to have to like give us a lot of money. You're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon. That's paywalled. Yeah, that's paywalled. Um, So from there, you're talking about taste and the, the when we talk about taste, there are macro adjustments you can make, and there are micro adjustments you can make. So let's talk about this in terms of like hypothetical shots we pull. So let's say we got our brew ratio dialed. It's eighteen grams in, thirty six grams out. All right. Let's say it takes nineteen seconds. We taste that shot, and it tastes really sour and salty which would tell us that that is under extracted. We can, if you want to know more about that, that's also paywalled um, or become a wholesale partner. <laughs> wow. Anyways. So we got, we've got our tactile dialed. It, it like feels good. It feels like an espresso in terms of the mouth feel, 
but it doesn't taste like we want it to. It's not balanced. There's no sweetness. There's just like pungent acidity. So we can make a macro adjustment in this scenario wherein we change the grind setting. So boys, if we wanted that shot to be more extracted, would you make the grind finer or coarser and why? Give me a minute. Give me a minute. A lot of people out there don't know this. So don't do this whole like pretentious joke, like joke thing. I, okay. It's toxic. I'm sorry. We would find the grind because the smaller the coffee ground, the longer it takes for the water to make its way through the puck. Yep. And the basic thing there is contact time, right? You're increasing the contact time that the water and the, the ground coffee is hanging out, therefore increasing extraction. And when we change grind setting, it's a macro adjustment, meaning it's a huge adjustment. So let's say we change uh, the grind a little finer. Then it goes to like 26 seconds. Sweet shot. Praise God. And we taste it, and it's a little over-extracted. We went a little too far. So your third shot, instead of just cranking that grinder back coarser, which hypothetically you could do, but in reality and in practice, if you are always changing the grind setting back and forth, back and forth, you are going to have major problems. And I was talking to someone about this the other day where flex the yeah, I talk to people like outside of this podcast um, <laughs> about stuff I know. Uh, so after you taste three espressos, your palate is shot anyways. Whoa. It's worthless. You're you're already done. Maybe yours. You're over caffeinated. <laughs> you're over caffeinated. You're you're every espresso just tastes the same and it's just frustrating. Right, Ethan? You're that way. Not if you have sparkling water, dude. Maybe. We got I mean, kegs kind of, of sparkling it, water. We got kegs of it. Yeah, you know my point though. So if you're just constantly going back and forth, one, you're gonna be tasting a bunch of espressos and that's making your palate less perceptive every time you do it. The other thing is you're going to be wasting coffee. The other thing is that your grinder is not just a like logical machine. It's got I, feelings. It's got feelings. <laughs> it's got a temperament. And so the moral of the story is mess with the grinder as little as possible or increase the time between your uh, your adjustments. adjustments. Yeah, because if you're just going back Sorry. and forth again, I don't know why. I know why. We'll talk about that in a second. But that's macro adjustment, changing the grind. I don't know why. A micro adjustment in my eyes, and this is where Riley disagrees, but I think he would agree with me by the end of this, especially False. especially as it relates to the busy cafe context in our specific two espresso machines. But anyways, uh, so focus. what you're going to do is you're going to want to change the dose. Okay, the dose is a micro adjustment that is very, very easy to revert, meaning plug your ears, Riley, meaning if no, open your mind. Now, I hear I hear BS all the time. Bro, used to this. free your mind. So <laughs> let's say get pilled. Yeah, get ready for this pill. Your second shot or the, I guess we're on the third shot now. So the third shot was. Uh, 26 seconds, right? And it was a little over extracted. 
So instead of making the grind coarser to get back to less extracted, you would increase the dose by like 0.3 grams, thereby making, thereby decreasing the extraction only by a little bit. And you don't have the headache of chasing the grinder dragon back and forth, coarse and fine, coarse and fine. Um, and so at that point, you would be changing your brew ratio, but only by a tiny little bit that you can't notice. It would only be affecting taste. If you change your dose by a whole gram, you're going to be definitely messing with the mouthfeel of that espresso, which might just be fine, too. It's not. In my eyes, it might just be fine. It shouldn't be. That doesn't, that doesn't uh, correlate with our values. My truth is my truth. So, Well, it's not if you're referencing our values. All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> so I'm just trying to like uh, stir the pot. Stoke the fire. Yeah. yeah. Now, I recommended that you change dose uh, as a micro adjustment. You could just as easily change yield. And in fact, Whoa. I would even say that is preferential if you're in a lab setting and if we didn't have a Keys van der Westen spirit. Yeah, we could do that at Dunwoody easily. Very easily. Could not do that on the Keys easily. Correct. Which it, is kind of just a point to us needing to get rid of the Keys and get a mod bar at Alpharetta. Correct. But And, and if you're pulling all of your shots manually, first of all, why? Second of all, it is nice to do that because you can just you know stop the sh- add like three grams of yield to the next shot or in the hypothetical example i gave you would take that that third shot and instead of going from 18 to 36 you might go like 18 to 33 so you would be decreasing extraction also making it stro- like stronger in terms of brew ratio but it wouldn't affect it enough to where you could be able to tell so that is my dial-in philosophy for espresso. On the note of the keys, if you guys want to buy a Keys Van der Westen Spirit, hit us up. In the comments below. It's a triplet. Yeah, it's it's a three-group. has three individual... Heck, four pumps. One for the steam boiler, three for the... A pump for each group head. So it would be sick in a lab somewhere. But we, or in a cafe. It's been awesome in the cafe. It would also be sick in a cafe, especially. Um, we, we just are going to this different model with our mod bar system. It's beautiful. You can get a custom backplate for it. Yeah. Ethan, did you have something to say before I go on my uh, tear? Um, nah. You agree with, with everything Ross said? Well, we weren't. I don't think I held to Ross's philosophy. I don't... Oh, boy. I would say that I primarily just changed the grind. Hmm. But, like, literally two weeks... Well, it started when other coffee professionals started working at Valor that people started tossing around the idea of micro-adjusting via dose. And I was like... I just... Micro-dosing? Yeah. I didn't like that because of systems, like having to yeah. relay, like, hey, by the way, shots are pulling at 17.8 today. There's also that. And sure. then, like, what do you do tomorrow? Where do you start? If you're listening and you're, like, a coffee person, you're like, okay, grow up. That's how you do it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But also, there's just, like, a bunch of people 
that work at a coffee shop sometimes. If we can eliminate any variables, we will try. But also, coffee needs to taste awesome. So, yeah. Um, and then I updosed the other day. I think there was just a recipe problem. And I updosed and I wanted to just change the recipe from 17.5 to 45 to 18 to 45 as like our new base. I think that's what Dumbwoody did. Yep. And then I did some uh, did some testing and I was like, this is way better. So I typically, that was just like a one-time move and then I would just, because I like that strength, I just suggest the grind. I think I'm just too uh, scared, scared to adjust the dose. Because, Why? Because of the communication I see. involved. Mm-hmm. And like the maybe constant pivoting that may follow. Because yeah. instead of chasing the grinder dragon, you could probably just be chasing the dose dragon all day. Sure. Because it's probably likely that as your grinder heats up and things change, it, your extraction is going to change anyways throughout the day. So it's just like, which variable do you want to be playing with? Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I just changed the grind. Mm. And I also, you didn't say temperature. And I was kind of offended. Oh. When it came to variables. We've got an opinion on temperature for sure. I would just... Never change it. I was about to say, one of my my take on dialing in was I always just adjust the boiler temps. I'm sure that is a way to do it. I think it, if Definitely. you're at, if you're at home, yeah, that's just a kind of a silly way to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that people talk about more more in context of, I, and we get those questions sometimes. Is like, what temperature do you guys brew at? And we're never insightful on that because it's like, what our espresso machines are always at two o two. Yeah, and our when we brew coffee, it's usually a 204, 205. Like, that's just that's just how we roll. That's how we roll. Try to lock it in. And I would like to get a machine with, like, pre-infusion to go a little deeper on that, like, up in, in the lab, because our lab machine doesn't have pre-infusion. But uh, we don't even, we haven't even really dived, dove, delved Divin. into that. So yeah. um, here's my take on dialing an espresso. How I would dial in espresso. And this might ruffle some feathers. So stick with me here and at least give it a try before you, uh, you know, destroy me in the comments. <laughs> They'll do it anyways. They'll do it anyways. The sickos. Colson. <laughs> <laughs> I have a firm belief that baskets are designed for specific doses of coffee. And depending on what size espresso basket, you should just pick a dose and stick to it. And whenever you're first dialing in a coffee, find what you know, whatever basket size you have, use whatever predefined, this is my right number for this basket. For me, in my opinion, 20 gram baskets should have 18 gram doses, minus or plus 5.5 grams. And I'll get back to why I think we should do 17 and a half in a second. So, oh, crap. So, <laughs> I'm trying to stay, trying to keep, keep on topic here. But um, 
So pick your dose, and then when you're dialing in a coffee, find the yield of the best mouthfeel, similar to what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So given whatever coffee you're using, it's probably going to be different. If you're using something super chocolatey, you want something like silky smooth. If you're using something super floral or like fruity, you might want like stretched out a little bit. So f- you know, whatever coffee you're using, find your dose and your yield first. Then what you're going to want to do is dial in for taste using grind size, okay? And again, we're, we're not talking pre-infusion here. We're just talking what we would normally do in a commercial coffee shop setting. So dial in on grind size and then find what tastes best there. And then how you have how you change your grind is not going to change the body of the coffee that much in this context. So there I said, I think 18 grams minus or plus 0.5 grams is right for uh, 20 gram baskets. I'm going to take it one step further and say you should start at 17 and a half because your grinder, when the burrs heat up, are going to push out more coffee but that coffee is also going to be coarser, okay? So this goes to your hypothesis that you've always said that if you just take what it gives you after your dial-in process, if you have your uh, time on your grinder, or I guess if you're using whatever, if you have your time on your grinder adjusted to the right point, it's going to push out uh, more coffee coarser. And I think that it's going to end up being the same your shot's going to pull in around the same time. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. Look, that's just not a hypothesis of mine. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Uh, let me, let I me have just, something else to say around that. This sure, is where you lose me. Let me keep going. So if you can do 18 minus or plus 0.5 grams, you start at 17 and a half, okay? And uh, that's where you start at the beginning of the dialing in. So say you're doing 17 and a half to 45 is what we would do in 25 seconds. You're going to go. You're going to get going. You're going to get your rush going. Your grinder is going to start pushing out more coffee. So let's say at one point it starts pushing you out 17.8. That coffee is coarser because the burrs have heated up and shifted. And that is going to, you know, maybe the coffee is a little warmer, just like some, some things are affecting this coffee. If you tamp that and pull that shot, 45 out is probably going to be in that same 25 seconds. And I think it's going to taste nearly identical. So you should start at 17 and a half so that you can go all the way up to that 18 and a half number, the higher side of your basket. Uh, be, you know, check way every, and visually just see every, call it, I don't know, blank amount of shots. Set that number yourself. But once you get up to that 18 and a half point, that's when you change your grind back to where your grinder is then pu- uh, pulling out 17 and a half and just redial in and start the whole process over again. Mm. Um, I think that eliminates variables of the micro dosing. Um, and it probably gives you the same. I mean, in my experience, it does give you the same product. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I do it. We got to get you behind the bar and just do it then. And then we, I don't think it's the coarseness that changes. I think it's just the dry temperature of the coffee grounds is so much higher 
because of how hot the burrs are. And that's probably right because the burrs technically don't move. Yeah. And if anything with heating, they would expand, which would make it like finer if there's yeah, any micro sure. amount. So the heating up of your burrs and the heating up of the coffee is going to make it. Uh, Why more comes out though? Me no no. Yeah. Maybe hotter burrs make for more efficient grinding. Also, grinder technology should just be better, and we shouldn't be using the piece of garbage that is the E80 behind the bar in Alpharetta. So, so that was my next comment was like, it seems like you're staking your trust in the grinder. Like, the grinder knows what you need. That would be preferred. And I just think the grinder is the dumbest part of the whole process. And I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe doing that. But taste is king. So I think it'd be very pertinent to taste what we're talking about here. That's why, to my point, last week we should just start pulling all EK and single serve shots. That that's got its own can of worms there, and we did that during uh, during the pandemic. Remember? Yep. You had like your fifty cups of pre ground. Yeah. That was a pretty fun idea. So my my problem with this theory is that it's not based off of objective data. It's based off of uh, what you think you might be getting from the grinder, and every grinder is different, and it's not like universally applicable. So I would rather f- focus on like grams and seconds than I would like just guessing that this grind is finer or coarser based off of how much it's it's putting out. Like the grinder to me is just such a dumb instrument in terms of like what I don't mean to curse it like that, you know, I'm speak words of life over our grinder. But um but yeah, that that's my problem with it. And the other reality is that it's like in Dunwoody with the a new anthem and a new mod bar, like it doesn't give me more throughout the day. Whoa. Like sometimes it does, but sometimes it gives me less. So it it's not necessarily like the more the burrs heat up, the more the dose increases or decreases. It's just, it's inconsistent, which is the reason why I don't rely on it. Whereas I can rely more on the amount of seconds the shot takes. Um, and I can rely more on what the dose is and like what the yield is. Your point about baskets, though, I think is very valid. That twenty gram baskets are designed to have you know eighteen grams of coffee in them because, like, why why wouldn't you think that? You know, like I feel like we haven't thought about that a lot, but twenty gram baskets with a seventeen point five dose, you know, like that is maybe too much headroom. Where. If, if you like went up to a 21 gram dose and you put an 18 gram dose or sorry, a 21 gram BST basket and an 18 gram dose, like that should maybe be kind of the same as 17, five and 20. But I would think the amount of headroom that the puck has, you know, from the dispersion screen is like really key. Why? I mean, what? so my entire point about the grinder is that ideally your grinder shouldn't change obviously mm-hmm. ideally the best way to dial in would be set your dose set your yield and then you can just make adjustments on your grinder and your grinder doesn't freak out yeah no one has shown me a grinder that does that yet mm-hmm. and we have the 
E80. And we've had anthems and we've had peak and we have a mythos in there. And if it's not, I mean, you know, the EK, I feel like once the EK, once you grind two espressos on it, everything after that's the same, which is the fortunate thing about the EK. Which Um, doesn't even make any sense, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying like, it's like as if the burrs heat up from going that fine. And then they're at the same temperature or something, and then it's gonna it's gonna spit out the same shots. Well, there's definitely something to this whole temperature conversation because of how much grinder companies spend on like Clima Pro technology, and then it just doesn't work. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Like it, the temperature of your burrs is very very directly correlated to the uniformity of the grind for sure, and the consistency. In what way? I don't think we really know right now. We could test it. We I don't know how you, I guess you would test it with a crove crove sifter. Come on. Uh and and do it that way. Um but yeah, all, all this ambiguity Oh my gosh, my headphones. All this ambiguity around uh grinding coffee, brewing coffee. I just I want to close the gap. I want to do it with you boys. And yeah. I want to do it with our people now. Today. Why not us? Maybe not. There's just so many. Do you guys know what I mean? There's so many like. Just because. Yeah. Reasons. Yeah. And there's just so much going on in that grinder that you don't quite know. Like even the design of the Anthem. For those people out there that we've sold Anthems to or have Anthem uh, Scotty, which is the best name ever, uh, grinders. um, Have you ever looked at the club crusher on this? Yeah. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So the clump crusher is it, it's a great design in terms of it crushes the clumps really well. Like there's hardly ever clumps with a anthem unless it gets really caked up. Um, but the way that the clump crusher works is the best way to explain it is explaining what happens after you clean it out. So you open up the grinder and you look at this clump crusher and the clump crusher is a spring that is completely caked with coffee. And so you clean it out and you vacuum it out, whatever, and you reinstall the spring to where it has no coffee in it at all. And then you grind coffee again after you reassemble everything. And it takes probably 10 seconds for coffee to come out in a like heavy flow like it normally does. So the clump crusher on an Anthem Scotty literally has to fill up with coffee for it to be able to push out coffee. Have you noticed this? And so think about what that does for grind setting. Like you change the grind setting and it brings a whole new like severity to purging your grinder after you change a grind setting because the there's so much coffee. There's got to be like. 20 to 30 grams of coffee in this club crusher at any given time. And that's how it's designed. It's not like you have coffee burrs grinds it up, sends it through the clump clump crusher. And then there's no more coffee left in the clump crusher. It perpetually has coffee in there. And so for grind setting, that's like, this is why I don't trust grinders. It's, it's, it's a very, yeah. Mortar and pestle dude. Let's pivot. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, again, a reason you need to figure out how to make the EK work. Like EK, that Akaya ion blaster thing that they just released that kills the static. 
and then just like figure out a way to rip those shots and because even still i'm just like quickly doing some research of like trying to find people on youtube talking about commercial grinders and like how to make it not suck and just that info isn't out there uh at least in video format it's like it's all about home grinders. And we right. understand that, like, as, you know, people tailoring content for people, like, there's way more home brewers than there are uh, cafe uh, uh-huh. owners uh, scouring the internet looking for... I, just more home grinders are sold than commercial grinders. Wake up. But how can the commercial stuff be worse? <laughs> and that's kind of how it seems. Yeah. is like, it, uh, that, you know, there should be a way... I don't know. It needs to be water cooled or something. Like we need to figure out a way to like get some PC nerds you need to put on some grinders. Coolant in there. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Maybe an inver- inverter pump. The E80 clump crusher is much different. It is just like a that rubber paddle. Right. Does it clump up every week and spray coffee everywhere and you have to take the whole thing apart? Yes. Easily one of the worst features. But maybe that was in honor of like, let's try to get the coffee. That's being ground well into the port filter. Yeah, I think the Mythos is the best design, but the the a like the material of the clump crusher constantly breaks. If you, you know what I'm talking about, so you've got these two forks yeah. that are like this, and it's just right there by the spout. Coffee shoots through; it looks great, but there's no like spring where coffee just lives, like on the Anthem. How much money would you guys pay? for a grinder that would keep your coffee the same all day long. Ten thousand dollars. I was gonna I was gonna say fifteen thousand dollars. Thirty. Honestly, that would eliminate so much headache headache and would again, you know, just make our our goal is like consistent product. Consistent yeah. good product. Great product. Great product. Uh, another thing Another way to not chase the dragon with dialing in is buying coffee from a roaster that is consistent and not constantly changing your coffee offerings. If we're talking about cafe context and not home yeah. home brewing context, because if you're if you're a home brewer, it's it's fun to always change the coffee and you know kind of go on that journey of dialing in different coffees and trying different things. But in the cafes, I think it's just a good business move, and we've talked about it a lot on this program of uh keeping the coffee the same and that is why we have a blend on espresso is because we're always going for going for the same flavor profile and we usually usually always have the same main 80 percent component of free throw it's usually always just the same literal coffee like pea berry um and so i think that has a lot to do with not chasing the dragon as well just eliminating that variable from the start. Because if you're buying the same coffee every week from the same roaster and it's still not consistent, then that is your roaster's fault for not consistently roasting their coffee. Because it should it should pull the same way every week, pretty much. I mean, yeah. like, plus or minus however many units. But for free throw, because Sam is such a... He has such an attention for detail and has learned how to consistently roast coffees according to his profiles, he is able to give us the same product every week. In it, like in Dunwoody, our coffee tastes great at 18 to 45 in 24 seconds every single day, and it hasn't changed since we opened. Like there hasn't been a better shot that I've tasted. Mm. In it, we've been able to hit those numbers too. Um, 
which is, you know, I'm crapping on the Anthem today, but the the good thing is you don't have to change the grind setting that much. I mean, you kind of tweak it here and there, but as long as you purge enough, it it uh, will be consistent. But then you're just wasting product. You are, yeah. It's a bummer. It's just bad in every uh, facet of the business and the world. <sighs> what are we going to do, guys? A couple things I want to get into uh, maybe next time or later. Oxidation. What does mm-hmm. it mean? How long can espresso sit? How long can espresso ground sit? How long can a shot that's already been pulled hang out? Yeah. We'll probably have uh, Sam research some of those things for us. Another thing that we didn't talk about in dialing in, I don't know if you guys were ever taught about the older coffee gets, the more you need to use of it. You ever hear about that? Yes. Yeah, you just need to updose a little bit. Updose based on date of roast. I have definitely noticed that. Like notice how that's a good thing? Yes, but not in this like day-to-day range. It's more in the like, oh, I found some coffee from two months ago. I'm going to do a 1 to 14 or 15 brew ratio if I'm brewing drip, and I'm going to definitely do a like a 20-gram dose of the 45-gram output if I'm doing espresso just because it needs to be stronger because there's less complexity to pull out. Mm. So if you're increasing the strength, then you're increasing the perceived complexity. But if you're pulling weekly orders, you probably shouldn't have that much of a problem. No. Like we're doing, we're trying to go seven to 14 days off roast for most of our coffees. Yeah. Uh, So maybe it doesn't change that much over that course. Yeah. And I don't know who I was talking to in the cafe, but there used to be a lot more precedent and there still is like a sensitivity to like, okay, hey, we're about to put on a new roast date of free throw. Yeah. And someone just made a passing comment. They're like, I never have to change anything when we put on like a different roast date yep typically because we're always just going in like three day increments you know from like monday to thursday and then thursday to monday because mm-hmm. free throws being roasted for the cafe every monday and thursday um but it's just a cool thing speaking of consistency just rocking an awesome product so thank you sam thank you loring thank you guys for being a part of this conversation hey yeah thank you ethan uh, and you're welcome. Uh, hey, quick wholesale shout out to our friends Tetherball in Jacksonville, Florida. Woo. Uh, Ethan, I think you're probably the you. Ross, have you been to Tetherball? No, I've never been. Ethan no. has. It was awesome. Ethan, tell us about Tetherball. It's awesome. I I went early on when the, uh, they got open down there when. Um, this time last year, they must be celebrating their one-year anniversary oh coming goodness. up. So congratulations to the Tetherball community. Elias, uh, we love you. Thank you for being awesome and having an awesome coffee shop. Um, yeah, amazing space. They seem to always be doing events for the community, from what I can tell, on social media. So that's awesome. They uh, definitely put on a lot more events than we do. There's no doubt about it, that one. Hey, it's good to look at what someone else is doing and be inspired. So, yeah, I'm inspired. Color me inspired. Color me inspired. <laughs> but yeah, every every little thing that I've had from there is amazing. Mm. Uh, drip was fire. Espresso was fire. Fire. Milk was fire. 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 So keep up the good work. Seriously, and thank you, Elias, for all the the YouTube comment love. You know, we're always shouting out my little bro Colson, but we see you, Elias. We say thank you. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Coffee Sometimes podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please like this video, subscribe to our channel. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and throw us a five-star review, follow the show, and you know maybe throw it up on your Instagram story. That would help out a lot. Yep. Uh, we love y'all. We'll see you next week. Actually, no, we won't. Hold up a second. Uh, I'm I'm going to be out next week. You're going to be out next week, man. Yeah. Uh, so, and we um, don't know how to do this by ourselves yet. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. The following week is the Fourth of July, of course. Uh, but I think we'll probably record the show on Wednesday that week, or something. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, or something. Uh, sure. we'll, I promise. In some facet, we'll be back two weeks from now. So uh, we'll miss you guys, but we love you. Bye. Stay safe. Bye.